Joining us this afternoon, Kim, it's good to have you with us here on the show. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. I wanted to talk tech and get your thoughts on some of the price activity we're seeing there. But first, a couple uh, of the other topics, focal points for traders, for investors today. First and foremost, I mentioned the FOMC minutes just released. Any surprises? Uh, I think a little bit. You know, I think that the Fed up till this point has been... Um, pedal to the metal. We're going to get through this thing and we're going to continue to buy uh, bonds until, you know, we don't have to. And I think it is kind of a surprise that maybe that uh, their purchases might start to taper to deal with inflation that they see more than transitory, whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, we've been seeing and talking about commodity prices on the rise and the impact that's having on investors' concerns tied to the inflation narrative. Uh, Kim, another thing, a topic for focal point for traders, for investors today, certainly, as I was just mentioning, Bitcoin, the slide there. I guess I wanted to get your thoughts in terms of the selling uh, as far as is it, um, well, crypto specific and nothing to be too concerned about if we don't see, well, don't have exposure in that space. Or is there something more in terms of reflection of investors' concerns in terms of valuation, stocks in general, and some of those concerns we were just talking about in terms of inflation? Um, I don't know how crypto world thinks, I have to tell you, because I, <laughs> I have thoroughly analyzed it from nine ways to Sunday. I do understand an appeal to a non-fiat currency, but the, the craze that has been crypto, it has bypassed me as to like the big drivers other than it went up, right? So now it's going down. And whenever I see something like this, and you were talking about how Coinbase came public on the day that um, uh, Bitcoin you know, hit an all-time high, somebody bought Bitcoin at that all-time high. And you know, are they writing it down? I don't know, maybe. And maybe this is a longer-term play, I don't know. But uh, this is something that you know, I think happens every once in a while, and there's no real driver to have Bitcoin other than for speculation. And to me, this is what happens in a, specula a speculative market whenever the, the interest dries up for whatever reason. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We haven't really had much to tie it to over the last couple of years. We've been looking for a direct correlation. There hasn't really been one comparison to gold, obviously, but many have kind of thrown that out the window. And certainly what we're seeing here is, uh, well, a volatile switch here in terms of sentiment and something to keep an eye on. But we've also been talking about the trend environment to the upside, not something to get in the way of necessarily. I don't necessarily want to participate in it, but I wouldn't want to get in the way of it. Let's talk a little bit more uh, traditionally, more uh, commonly held assets. Let's talk a couple stocks. You've got Advanced Micro Devices, AMD. They announced a $4 billion stock repurchase program. The news seems to be giving AMD a little bit of a lift this afternoon. Sure. I mean, it's a good company. Uh, whenever you see companies saying, hey, we're not going to invest, we see no other place to invest other than in ourselves, and the stock is not at an all-time high, I think that says management um, believes in themselves. And I think that's a good thing. I'd agree. Uh, another stock on the move. I know you focus a lot on tech. We uh, were taking a look at Cisco recently, last week, up to 54.14. It's pulled off a little bit, but what are you seeing here? Down slightly on the day, but certainly seems to have found a little bit of a range comfort around this 52 level, but uh, much like what we've seen in terms of some of, the other, some of these other tech names holding near highs. 
Sure, and I think there's uh, maybe a good reason here. So bear with me. Cisco is something that sells into enterprise, like regular business, right? And we have all been uh, on a hiatus from going to our offices. Now, whenever we start returning meaningfully into the offices, it wouldn't surprise me that businesses are going to take a look at their infrastructure and make sure it can support the people that are supposed to be supported there. Most importantly, with the aspect towards cybersecurity and um, Cisco plays in these areas. So we would anticipate not this quarter, but perhaps by the second half of this year, seeing some the, the company report meaningfully higher um, pipelines and hopefully higher earnings in the future. Okay, we're looking for 82 cents on revenue of 12.58 billion, it looks like. Kim, I wanted to get your thoughts in terms of Cisco. Can we use this as a little bit of a, a, a metric, a little bit of a gauge to determine, at least in terms of uh, what we're seeing as far as a reflection of businesses and their willingness to spend again? I, I think so, because again, most of the um, businesses that have allowed people to work from home mm -hmm. are heavy consumers of internet in the business place, right? That's we're all kind of slaves to our computer, um, you know, manipulating data, however that happens. So yeah, I think it would be a, a good sign that business is back in business and getting prepared for people to cut, return to the office. Uh, another name I wanted to take a look at with you, Micron, ticker symbol MU, kind of stuck in the middle here, it seems like, up about three quarters of a percent, but they've been coming off. They actually today try to back down to levels they haven't seen since the end of January, but they're coming off those lows right now. Maybe this is just a bit of a range. They're in 75 to, well, we'll call it 100, but it's really looks like about 97 is the high that they posted back in the middle of April. Sure, and I think the concerns here are just for the area that they play in. So they have two markets, and I hope people's eyes don't glaze over, but we're gonna go there. They make DRAM chips and NAND. And NAND are those non-volatile chips that like are your memory stick, right, or thumb drives. But that's also being used in enterprise as a storage device. So I think the problem with this industry, which we love, by the way, is that there are just a handful of companies that make these kind of devices. And sometimes when somebody brings on a new fab plant, they have oversupply. And the last maybe five years, we've been oversupplied, but we think that's coming to an end. And that's why they broke out from that lower range they've been in and are range bound again, probably until they report later in July. You know, Kim, in terms of the whole chip narrative, the discussion, the shortage and, uh, uh, um, you know, impact that that's having, can you talk to us a little bit about how we've been hearing from President Joe Biden about, um, well, ultimately the batteries in, in EV vehicles and how we need to compete with China and build more of that technology here. But I'm also hearing the similar kind of rhetoric related to some of the semiconductors. Basically, we need to shift some of the uh, uh, technology over here domestically. Sure. So we have a lot of chip makers here in the US that don't actually make anything, right? They design and then they have it made over in Taiwan or other places in the world. And I think that's a reasonable thing to um, want. And the chip makers should want this as well. Mm -hmm. To have such a heavy concentration in any one area is probably unwise, especially you know where there's earthquakes and things like that. So I think it's not a bad idea for that industry to rethink its kind of central 
planning or the central location of a lot of that fabs. Yep. So, um, so yeah, we're open for business here in America and hopefully some chip makers come here.